Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, April 19th, 2014. This show is live every Saturday evening from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 9 p.m. to midnight Central. We have a great show lined up for you here tonight. Tonight, I'm going to be discussing the difference between evolution as conceived by Darwinism and the adherence to Darwinism versus how evolution was taught as a force within creation by just about every ancient wisdom tradition throughout the history of humanity. I'm also going to be touching on the concept of epigenetics on tonight's show. So that's coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Uh, I have a few quick event announcements I want to get into, and then I want to give the call-in number to the show. Uh, I'm going to be on Alchemy Radio on Monday, April 21st, 2014, from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. You could check that out at alchemyradio.podomatic.com. Once again, alchemyradio.podomatic.com. Uh, this Monday, April 21st, 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern. I'll also be going on Critical Mass Radio with Kate of Gaia. Always great to be on Kate's show. Uh, I'll be going on her show on Wednesday, April 23rd from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you could check that out at criticalmassradio.co.uk. I'll be, uh, I think it's confirmed. I'm not exactly 100% certain, uh, but it's, uh, it was fairly well confirmed that I'll be going on Fringe Radio on 6.30 a.m. That's KTKK out of Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, this coming Friday, April 25th from uh, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. So a uh, rare early show there for me uh, this coming Friday. Um, one of the uh, big events coming up that I have is the 
Streetwise Spirituality Seminar, an all-day seminar in St. Louis, Missouri. This will be taking place Saturday, May 31st, 2014. This is a one-time only all-day seminar, and it's going to be taking place at the Arden Mead Center, the Arden Mead Center, which is at 17 Selma Avenue in St. Louis, Missouri. The doors will open at 9 o'clock a.m., I will begin the morning session of the seminar at approximately 9.30 a.m. and go for about three hours, and then there will be a lunch break for an hour and a half beginning at 12.30. The uh, afternoon session will begin at about 2 p.m., and then there will be a, I'll go for another three hours uh, to complete the, uh, the lecture component, and then there will be an extended question and answer session starting at 5 p.m., uh, for this all-day event, advanced tickets are only $20, a $20 donation, uh, and at-the-door tickets are only a $25 donation. You can get advanced tickets by calling 313-488-4454. Once again, for advanced tickets to the St. Louis Seminar, 314-488-4454. Or you can email Ray Mum. That's R-A-Y-M-U-M-M-E, raymum at gmail.com to purchase tickets. So uh, I do have a, kind of an exciting announcement to make. I will be giving away four free tickets to the St. Louis Seminar right here on the air today. We're going to do a little trivia contest where I'll be asking some questions. And please, um, you know, when you call in, after I give in the, the call-in number, when you call in later, when we do this trivia, uh, only uh, take the trivia questions, only attempt to answer the trivia questions if you are planning on going to the uh, seminar in St. Louis, if you are capable of going to it and you are, are actually going to use the tickets. That's what the trivia little uh, contest tonight is going to be for. So um, we'll, we'll be doing that a little bit later in the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to want to miss next week's broadcast of what on earth is happening because for the uh, first time next week, my very special guest right here on what on earth is happening is going to be the legendary Jordan Maxwell. And I'm really excited to uh, be able to make that announcement. That is going to be my guest for next Saturday night, April 26th, right here on what on earth is happening. Jordan is uh, someone who I consider a personal mentor with his information. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, his view on uh, non-human intelligence and its possible interactions with our species. We're going to be getting Jordan's take on human origins and, uh, in general, the future of humanity. So uh, really excited to be able to bring Jordan onto the show next week. Uh, also, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, the uh, unfortunate situation that Jordan's been going through of, of late. Uh, people have actually co-opted his name and have been harassing him and are trying to attempt him to uh, uh, stop putting out the information that he's been putting out for many years. So he'll be able to come forward and talk about that situation a little bit next week. So those are the event announcements I have. I want to give the call-in number for today's show. The call-in number to join us here on What on Earth is Happening is 800-313-9443. Once again, the call-in number to join us, 800-313-9443. Okay, let's, uh, 
Let's see. Um, I also wanted to mention that there is a support donation button on the left-hand side of the whatonearthishappening.com website. If you feel you've gained uh, value from the information I have shared throughout the course of this radio show, feel free to make a voluntary donation uh, by clicking that button on the uh, left-hand side of the website. So I want to direct everyone's attention to the whatonearthishappening.com radio show page, where, as always, during the live broadcasts, I uh, put underneath the player on the radio show page, that's the radio show tab of the website, uh, images for tonight's show. They are listed as numerical links, and if you click on them, it brings up a small slideshow that you could follow along with the slides that I've prepared for the concepts and ideas I'll be discussing on tonight's show. So um, the uh, main topic for tonight is going to be how does scientism see the process of evolutionary development versus how have many different mystery traditions and mystery schools over time seen this same process and how do these things compare and how do they contrast? How, do, how are they alike and how are these uh, concepts as discussed by these two schools of thought uh, drastically different from each other? So on the uh, radio show page and with the podcast, and again, this will be podcast number 152, uh, image number one was simply the poster, the flyer for my Streetwise Spirituality Lecture in uh, Seminar in St. Louis. Uh, that's there. You, you could feel free to share that on uh, any website or social media or print it up for whoever you might know uh, who might be able to attend. Uh, image number two is this very simple chart that I have built regarding two forces that are at work in our lives at all times and places. Um, these are the two forces that are essentially at work in the universe, all around us at all times. One is the force that moves us forward. One is the force that holds us back. We'll pick that up on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. my website, whatonearthishappening.com. The topic for tonight's show is how the ancient mystery schools saw the force of evolution and how uh, how their worldview regarding this force was uh, different than the way scientism sees the evolutionary force at work in the world uh, specifically through the theories of Charles Darwin and how that's been applied in our modern world, particularly through what is known as social Darwinism. So uh, slide number two, uh, I made a very simple chart or um, you know just a, a graph of these two forces and what they involve. And on the left-hand side, you'll see that in 
the green coloring, I've put the force of evolution there and directed arrows moving from left to right the same direction that we, you know, write text in uh, here in the Western world. And, you know, that's supposed to represent that it's moving forward. It's moving from something that is lesser to something that is greater. It's moving from uh, some place that is uh, uh, less advanced to a place that's more advanced, and it's moving in a forward progression. So that's really what evolution is all about. It's about forward movement. The word itself comes from the term to unfurl or to unfold. To roll out is literally what the word means. It means to roll out. Okay. So evolution is an expansive force in creation. And, you know, just as a brief aside, I just want to say I'm I'm covering this topic because it seems that the universe wants me to really talk about this because of synchronicities that have happened to me in my life over the past several weeks. Everything keeps coming back to people's view of what real evolution is in, in my life when I'm speaking to people. And it seems that one of the major things that is holding back people's worldview in life and holding them in a state of mind control and unconsciousness is their completely erroneous notion of what evolution is based on their um, religious acceptance of the Darwinian theory of evolution proposed and propagated by scientism. And when you see how rigid, how absolutely rigidly they are attached to this belief system. And it is only a belief system because it is only a theory and has never been 100% factually proven scientifically. As I said last week on the show, uh, macrobiological, macrobiological Darwinian theory has never been borne out in the fossil record. Um, it is still only a theoretical approach to how biological organisms uh, propagate themselves into, fut- into the future and preserve their their genes and advance their genes. And while I would say that I uh, tend to agree with some of the concepts contained in Darwinistic theory, like uh, adaptation, uh, natural selection, things like that, I don't subscribe to macrobiological Darwinian evolutionary theory that propagates the notion that a species becomes a completely different species and then there's a bunch of transitional fossil uh, uh, species in the fossil record. The reason I don't subscribe to that is because the main thing that would espouse and support that theory would be evidence in the fossil record. There would be many transitional species found in the fossil record for all kinds of species and the evidence just doesn't support that claim especially for human beings, most of all for human beings. There is not one bone in the so-called hominid ancestors of humanity that is present in any human skeleton that has ever been uncovered on the face of the earth. Okay, so uh, there's many more reasons why I feel it doesn't hold as much water as people think that it does and put as much faith in it as other people do, which we will get into in, in the future. But The reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, the topics that I'm going to go into in the future on this show, coming in future weeks, are going to be very dependent on a view of evolution. It is going to be about what is better, what is worse, what really 
propagates progress? What really holds back progress? These are really the forces that we're talking about as have been taught by, again, ancient uh, philosophical traditions, ancient wisdom traditions. What we really have to see these two forces on this slide as evolution and involution, I'm speaking of, are the one force that helps us to move forward. And then the other force is simply what holds us back and is working against our unfolding. Okay. And against our expanding. All right. It's that which shuts us down this involutionary force. So let's look at some of the, uh, differences between these two forces and how they work against each other. The evolutionary force again is the force of forward progression and creation within the universe. It is that which is moving things according to the will of creation. Okay. It is moving things in an orderly progression forward in betterment in greater levels of order and complexity. Conversely, the involutionary force is that which is working to create stagnation. It is where it is a degenerating force. It breaks things down. It doesn't order things. It breaks them down. Okay. And it separates and it divides the evolutionary force is syntropic. Now, many people will never have heard that term. It is the opposite of entropy. Syntropy is what scientists have postulated as meaning the ordering force in creation. It is that which is the opposite of entropy. Some scientists refer to this as negative entropy because they didn't have a real opposite for entropy. And entropy, again, is the chaotic force or the force that uh, creates disorder in a system or breaks things down. And we see that you just leave something to, uh, the default conditions and how it, it is already. And things become more and more disorderly. I mean, you don't, you don't do anything within a house, within a living space for months or years. It becomes, uh, absolutely, um, you know, uh, uh, there is just total breakdown of order. Things become dirty. Things become dusty. There's just, things become chaotic, disordered. Uh, eventually all matter works toward that tendency, the tendency to break down the, the entropic tendency. Entropy is always at work in the universe. It is a force that is 100% continuously operating through time. And as time moves forward, entropy keeps, uh, you know, exerting itself and breaking things down further. But there is this other force that is actually counterbalancing entropy. It's called syntropy. So that's the evolutionary force. It is the syntropic force within creation. That means that it, it is the ordering force. It is the thing that creates higher levels of order. And it does this through will. Again, this is how the occult schools see these two forces. It isn't just something that just magically happens. It occurs through the will of intelligence that exists within the universe. It's not something that is working like clockwork. The involutionary force is something that just works like clockwork. Okay. That works without an intelligent organizing principle behind it. It's just there by its nature. Okay. That works against this evolutionary force to provide some pressure or some kind of uh, feedback or something to just give it something to uh, push against. Okay. So, and again, that's that law of compensation and that law of rhythm that we've talked about when we went over, you know, the principles that underlie natural law. 
So we'll pick this up, this breakdown up on the other side of the break. Stay with us, everyone. We don't need no education. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Before the break, we were talking about the difference between the two universal forces that are really always at work in our lives, as uh, discussed and propagated by ancient wisdom traditions throughout human history. They were referred to in occult schools as the force of evolution versus the force of involution. Again, involution is a term not many people may have heard about or um, uh, seen uh, unless they have looked into occult schools of philosophy. But uh, we were discussing what evolution uh, does. And it is the ordering force within creation because it is driven by intelligence. It is driven by holistic intelligence. It is driven by will. And it is something that creates greater levels of complexity and diversity. Conversely, involution is the stagnation force. It is the force which wants to hold back or thwart forward movement, forward progress, creation, and it wants to degenerate things. Now, degeneration, right in the word, you have the word genera, genere. Okay, that comes from the Latin verb genere, which means to make or to create. So to degenerate means to do the opposite of to create. It's to destroy or to break down. As such, involution is the entropic force, the force that goes against ordering. It creates chaos and it creates disorder within any given system. It is uh, always looking to create less, less complexity by breaking down things down into their more simple constituent forms and uh, until there is absolute uniformity within the system. And uh, this is where uh, I would say science agrees. These points that we've made so far, uh, modern science would agree that that's what these two forces basically do. If you even want, they wouldn't call it involution. They would simply refer to it as entropy. Uh, but um, uh, up to this point, we have agreement between the worlds of spirituality or occult schools of thought, if you will, and modern day science. Now, where I'm going to get into a uh, big dichotomy that um, the whole notion of Darwinistic evolutionary theory completely leaves out is in these next three categories. And then we'll conclude this chart by looking at, you know, what is the end goal? What is the end result? So um, I would say that, and again, as taught by, you know, a myriad of mystery tradition uh, schools of thought, evolution actually contains within it the advancement of consciousness. It is always creating more consciousness because it is creating more complexity and order. That's what consciousness is all about. Okay. Consciousness is the ability to recognize something that is taking place, the ability to become aware, the ability to see patterns of what's taking place, not only within oneself, but in the environment in which the self is operating. Okay. And then as a result of that consciousness, you have the ability to then uh, use the will to, to, to create more order and 
and uh, create more complex forms and more diversity. And the process continues to unfold. And again, that's ultimately what we're, um, is completely left out of uh, the Darwinistic notion of evolution because it leaves out free will. It leaves consciousness at the door, okay? Consciousness doesn't even enter into the equation when it comes to people thinking about this from a scientism perspective, okay? It's just about matter and genes propagating, okay? Like clockwork, like a, this Newtonian worldview, clockwork mechanism, mechanistic view of reality, of nature, of science, okay? Consciousness doesn't play a role in that. So this is where it completely diverges from sci- the scientific definition of evolution, okay? And as a result of more consciousness, when you are able to see patterns, when you're able to recognize the, di- the differences between things, and then choose by will that which is going to advance you forward, okay, that which is going to create more order, more complexity, more diversity, more advancement of consciousness, what you are going to then understand more about and then choose between and then develop more of is moral behavior. So there is more morality, morality, more morality as the evolutionary force progresses, or in other words, as we are becoming more and more evolved, that by definition means that we are becoming more and more moral as a people. So without true morality, without consciousness and morality, uh, I would say, and all of the ancient traditions that attempted to teach wisdom to human beings taught and concurred that uh, that force of evolution would have to contain within it morality and consciousness, or it wasn't evolution at all. It was nothing of the kind. It was exactly the opposite. It was involution, it was stagnation, and it was degeneration. So again, this is where Darwin and the theories and the people who have adopted his theories and have propped up his theories as religious dogma uh, will never touch, will never go near. And you hear people kicking around the term evolution, evolution, uh, you know, uh, and they're really not understanding what true evolution is all about. What they're doing is they're ascribing the Darwinian worldview of evolution to the actual force that is at work in nature. And by leaving morality out of the equation, they think that just if something physically survives and propagates its genes, that that means that it's evolving. That is not what real evolution is, okay? Or if you want to call it simply evolution as taught by uh, ancient wisdom traditions, that is not how they saw, nor is it how I see the evolutionary force at work in our lives at all whatsoever. So when we have these qualities and we're developing them and they're coming from more order, they're coming from more complexity, they're coming from forward progress in creation, that being consciousness and morality, the the result that goes to work in our lives as a uh, species that has the capacity for holistic intelligence, what we receive as a result of that is more freedom. Now, what will more freedom produce in our lives? It will again, play right back into that system like a feedback loop. We have more freedom. We have more ability to create more order. There's more, we're going to ha- be able to create new things. There's going to be more complexity and diversity in, cult- in the culture, 
amongst the species. Therefore, consciousness, the ability to recognize patterns and meaning with respect to those patterns is going to increase. And as such, we're going to be able to more clearly see the difference between right and wrong and then choose the right over the wrong and increase morality and then keep increasing freedom as a result. You, you could see this is a snowballing effect or is, you know, um, it is a, uh, a feedback loop that feeds back into itself. Okay. Conversely, the force of involution does exactly the opposite. It is always breaking consciousness down through fear because that's what it does. It breaks things down. It is the entropic force, which ultimately creates nothing but chaos and it creates less complexity. Okay. And it breaks things down into their constituent elements. Okay. And when we're applying this in the sense of consciousness, what that means is it's always instilling greater amounts of fear. So therefore there is less consciousness. There is less ability to recognize patterns and meaning. And therefore, people are not going to be able to distinguish things because they're not going to be really thinking clearly, okay? And again, these things that I've put in brackets here, okay, to to make this very clear, these are the forces, once again, or the qualities, I should say, regarding these two forces that are left out by uh, scientism, by the Darwinian view of evolution and or involution and or entropy, if you want to call involution entropy. And these apply to beings with the capacity for holistic intelligence. I want to make that absolutely abundantly clear. Should have put that on the slide, but again, I uh, just wanted to make this a simple chart without, you know, too much clutter, okay? The things that are in the brackets apply to intelligent beings, They don't apply to the beings with less complexity and more uniformity. That's why they don't apply to single-celled organisms, okay? Single-celled organisms' goal is to evolve eventually into a point where they develop more complexity, more diversity, and evolve to larger beings, okay? Therefore, they would have the capacity for more consciousness, See, that's where we cross the line between biological evolutionary progression, okay, these four that are not bracketed at the top of the list, these four qualities that are not bracketed, into the realm of true holistic intelligence, or uh, again, you don't want to say it's definitely holistic intelligence, but it is the capacity for holistic intelligence, because I wouldn't apply that term to humanity. Humanity is not a holistically intelligent species, not yet where some of us are trying to work our way toward that end goal to become a, tr- a truly holistically intelligent being, okay? Uh, and then propagate that to all other beings in our, in our society and make it a truly holistically intelligent society. But that's not what we are right now by any stretch of anybody's imagination. If you, if you think that, I think you're an extraordinarily naive human being, okay? We have the capacity, though, for that holistic intelligence. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Okay, folks, we're back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking about evolution versus involution. These ancient, uh, these universal uh competing forces that uh, the mystery schools of the ancient world uh, broke down and helped to try to help humanity to understand that these forces were always at work in our lives and that they 
they governed the free will decisions regarding how we choose to behave and what we get as a result. Okay. When we think about evolution in scientism terms, in Darwinistic terms, it leaves consciousness at the door. It doesn't even consider morality as having to do with evolutionary progression of a species like us that is gifted with the capacity for holistic intelligence. It looks at things in a clockwise, mechanistic, mechanical, robotic, dead, lifeless sense, which is an ancient, uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, and I don't mean ancient, uh, uh, meaning like, you know, spanning aeons of time back. I mean, as outdated, fossilized, and completely uh, no longer viable uh, view of uh, a scientific paradigm. This is a, a Newtonian paradigm that has long since been really completely disproven and blown out of the water by modern scientific thought. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, the problem is that these new modalities of science really don't reach the public's eyes and ears, certainly not with any level of intensity or level of um, uh, 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 import, you know, that, that they need to be reaching people. So um, when a new science emerges in the modern world, it usually takes somewhere between 15 and 20 years for people in the public to even really hear about its findings. And that gap is now widening. It's not shortening. As science, you know, moves forward and progresses and starts to learn new things about how the world really operates, um, more and more people are trapped in old worldviews and old notions that have long since been disproven. And, uh, you know, that gap is now probably closer to 25, 30, maybe even 40 years amazingly, even in the information era. So to go back to this chart that we were breaking down, this is image number two on the what on earth is happening.com radio show page or with the podcast. Um, the three fields here that we're looking at that completely diverge when it comes to, uh, seeing evolution in the occult sense versus seeing evolution in the modern day scientism sense is consciousness, morality, and freedom. Does, the evolutionary force have to do with these qualities of human beings, of human behavior. And I would suggest that they absolutely have to do with those qualities, 100%, definitely. Um, the more consciousness, the more morality, the more freedom, the more we are moving forward. That's what it means to evolve and progress. Okay. And that's what advances human beings' survival or the survival of intelligent species, or again, species with the capacity for true intelligence. Okay? So, um, the involutionary force, conversely, when there is less consciousness, that is, you know, unconsciousness at work, not being able to see the patterns, being rooted in fear, and then not being able to really tell the difference between things to distinguish, to discern, okay, which is what real high, higher order thinking is about. It is about discernment and being able to make a uh, uh, delineation between things that are truly different from each other. And we need to do that when it comes to behavior, when it comes to right versus wrong behavior, 
which we've talked about endlessly here on this show, when we do that, there will be more freedom if we choose the right over the wrong. Conversely, if we are allowing involution to take its course and we're not evolving our consciousness, we are not progressing in morality, that will result in less freedom. Okay, this is the law of freedom at work through natural law. As morality increases, freedom increases. And as morality declines, freedom declines. Ultimately, you know, and where this branches back into, uh, I guess you could call it an agreement of scientism, is that the evolutionary force is what advances survival and the involutionary force or the entropic force is what advances extinction or prevents survival. But what I want to bring up here is just survival, the ultimate goal of evolution. See, is physical survival the ultimate goal of evolution. I agree that survival is one of the goals of evolution, but it is survival in a more advanced form, okay? Not just biological survival in completely entropic and disorderly and chaotic and uh, conditions that promote more and more suffering. And really, if you're just biologically surviving in conditions like that, is that true evolution? Is that true progress? Is that forward progress? I would certainly state, no, it is not forward progress. It is anything but. So when you get rooted in the whole, it's nothing about propagating genes thing. Okay, which is what I am hearing more and more about what people think evolution evolution is. It's only about propagating our genes. It's only about propagating DNA. It's about natural selection so that the genes can be propagated into the future in the future time. Well, that's not necessarily what evolution really means, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't just mean biological survival. Something can be biologically surviving and degenerating simultaneously. The true meaning of evolution is forward progress. You are progressing from the simple to the complex. You are progressing from the uniform to the diverse. You are progressing from less consciousness to more consciousness. You are progressing from less morality to more morality. You are progressing from less understanding to more understanding. You're progressing from animalistic behavior to truly civilized human behavior. You're progressing from less freedom to more freedom. You're progressing from less willpower to more willpower. And I could go on and on. There is a distinguishment. There is a delineation. There is one thing that is not as good and one thing that is better. It is about forward progress from the bad to the good, literally. And there's so many people who are trapped in this Darwinistic worldview when it comes to what this force means, that it only means the propagation of biological material. You know, anything can do that. That doesn't necessarily mean it's more evolved. Just because it's survived doesn't mean it's evolved. Once again, can't you imagine the condition where something survives and degenerates and or, and or stagnates, even though it's continuing to survive? What's the point of survival if you're not really making forward progress in consciousness, if you're not making forward progress in morality? I would certainly say you're not truly evolving then if that's the case. And this is how the ancient wisdom schools taught evolution to their, you know, acolytes and adherents. They were trying to explain there. Yes, there's biological evolution. That's at work, but only up to a point. 
Then when something develops the capacity for true intelligence and being able to choose and having developing true free will, you're not just a creature of biological instinct. You're more than that. You've developed the capacity for holistic thought, both logical thought, reasoned thought, mathematical and scientific thought, as well as intuitive thought, creative thought, compassionate thought, nurturing thoughts. Okay. They're, they're, they're both of these forms come together to create intelligence. That's why people in the modern world and in scientism, unfortunately, only equate mostly, uh, intelligence with intellect in the modern day. You know, that's, they, they have intelligence quotient and it's all about verbal and math skills. Well, that, where's the compassion? Where's the creativity? That has nothing to do with holistic intelligence. That's intellect quotient, an IQ test. That's what it should be called. It shouldn't be called an intelligence quotient. It should be called an intellect quotient. Then it would be highly more accurate. You know, but you're leaving out the right brain hemisphere. You're leaving out the, the feminine component to the consciousness. You're leaving out the, the right brain qualities. You're leaving out creativity. You're leaving out compassion. You're leaving out nurturing. You're leaving out intuition. You're leaving out common sense. You're leaving out morality. Okay? So that's where the word genere, to create, comes from. The creative side of the mind. That's why you have to put that together with the intellect to create intelligence. Intella is intellect and gens is creativity. <laughs> that's why it's called intelligence, ladies and gentlemen. It's right there in the word. So we'll pick this up and move forward with a discussion about genetics versus epigenetics when we come back after this quick break. We'll be right back. everyone you're listening to what on earth is happening i'm your host mark passio my website what on earth is happening.com into the second hour of tonight's broadcast let me give the call-in number once again call-in number to join us you could talk about anything you want ask any questions you want to ask and uh we're i'm also going to start the trivia questions and i'll read that uh the first question uh right after uh, i give the call-in number the call-in number is 800-313-9443 once again the call-in number to join us 800-313-9443 we're going to have a uh, trivia contest uh the prize is four tickets to the st louis seminar that I'll be conducting in St. Louis, Missouri on May 31st called Streetwise Spirituality. Four tickets, uh, these four tickets were purchased and donated for giveaway on tonight's show by Joe from Kansas City. So Joe from Kansas City, thank you so much for that very generous donation uh, of uh, that very generous um, uh, act to uh, give tickets away to four lucky individuals and uh, we'll make you work for it not too hard uh, uh, the questions won't be exceedingly difficult but if you've been listening to what on earth is happening or you know just uh, have taken in some general knowledge about 
the occult and uh, wisdom tradition teachings throughout the world uh, should be a piece of cake. I'll read the first uh, trivia question uh, when I take calls. If you want to answer, please only answer the trivia question. I'll ask you if you are going to attempt to answer it, but uh, I want the people to answer it who are capable of attending. We, we're not trying to give tickets away and then they go to waste. We want people to attend the actual seminar. So if you're not planning on attending, if you can't travel to St. Louis or if you're not in the St. Louis area around May 31st of this year, please don't answer the trivia question, okay? I want to make that uh, abundantly clear. So uh, we'll take some calls after I uh, wrap up with a couple more slides. I don't have too many more slides, but I just want to breach the next topic, which is genetics versus epigenetics. And this ties hand in hand with evolution versus involution. And there's a reason I'm bringing this up and hopefully in future weeks, this will make a whole lot of sense why I I did this at this time. I know people are really hungry to hear more information on uh, human interaction with non-human intelligence. And I am going to get very deeply into that on future shows. This topic, however, is going to play essentially into that information and knowledge, okay? Because what I'm really going to be talking about and postulating and uh, looking at evidence for by, uh, you know, many researchers who have uncovered evidence throughout time by uh, ancient uh, scriptural texts that have been left uh, down, uh, uh, meticulously preserved and uh, handed down from generation to generation by our ancestors to tell us stories about what happened in, in our ancient past. I'm going to be telling a overall um, enactment, okay, a uh, general series of events that happened in the ancient past dealing with the hijacking of our species, dealing with the genetic modification of our species, dealing with the willful and deliberate interjection in the natural evolutionary course of development that our species was undergoing and then derailing it from that evolutionary progression by other intelligent beings that are not human. And again, there's a lot of ancient accounts that discuss this. And there's a lot of evidence for it in the, in the ancient world and in the modern world as well. The problem is people have a particular worldview that they're attached to. And therefore, they don't want to look at the evidence. They don't want to look at any evidence. They want to say, I have a religion and this told me all about where we came from. And therefore, evidence be damned. Or they want to say, I follow science. I'm a worshiper at the altar of scientism. The uh, priests in the white lab coats didn't tell me anything about that. You know, you know, I never heard anything about that from my anthropology professor. And you're not going to either, you know, because they're paradigm protectors. They're people out there trying to protect a paradigm. All religionists are. Every religion wants to protect its paradigm. They're not interested in truth. Truth is the last thing anybody who's an adherent of religion wants. They don't want truth. They want reinforcement for their religion. They don't want to look at where the evidence leads. They don't want to adjust their worldview accordingly based on new evidence being brought to light. You know, they just want to say, this is what I believe because this is what makes me comfortable. This is what I'm most comfortable hearing. 
even if the truth is highly disturbing, the people who really are seeking truth will go there and they will take it in and they won't accept it blindly. They'll look at the evidence. They'll filter it. They'll decide, does that make sense? Does that fit? Or is that contradictive? And does it not fit? That's what the process of truth discovery is all about. It's about going where the evidence leads, looking at what's actually there, not just believing in something. And unfortunately, modern science has become just another religion. That's why I call it scientism and not real science. Because these people are just protecting a worldview. They're not going where evidence leads. They're not looking at what's there. Often what happens in anthropology and archaeology, if actual real world physical evidence contradicts the long-standing stories of these traditions, you know what happens to it? It gets buried. Not literally buried back in the ground, but it gets buried in a basement in some university, museum, you know? Or some historical museum somewhere. Never to be seen again, you know? Put in a box marked as an anomaly. A couple of researchers had, had ever had their eyes on it. This doesn't fit in with our paradigm. We have no way of, no mechanism for explaining this anomaly and therefore can't show that to the public. No way. You know, the public gets different ideas about the story that actually happened here in the world, in our world, that, that we say happened in the ancient past. There goes my tenure. Can't have that. My paycheck would dry up. You know? I might have only one Lexus in the garage instead of three. You know, how dare we go where the truth leads, where the evidence leads? Not Not possible. This is the ego that currently controls science, ladies and gentlemen. They're not conducting real science. Never have been. Never have been. It's a religion just like any other. You know, this, you know, calls to mind this whole argument between, you know, when it comes to evolution, okay, uh, is it macrobiological Darwinian evolution or is it creation? Did God just make it all happen? You know? Never thinking that there's some third position or a fourth or a fifth or a sixth. You know, it's just these two dichotomies, these, these polarities warring with each other that do nothing but, but ultimately create more strength from the paradigm protectors just to keep more and more people off the path of truth. That's all it's really about. That's all protecting these two paradigms of Darwinian macrobiological evolution versus, you know, God did it all, you know. Suddenly, spontaneously, spontaneous creation. You know, we don't want to think that it, evolution could just be a continuous force beginning from, you know, time immemorial, forever, forget, having no beginning, forget a beginning, you know, and just progressing continuously and simultaneously working against it is a counter force, a counterbalancing force that occultists have termed involution. And what it's all about is consciousness. And consciousness can have ebbs and flows. Consciousness can have peaks and valleys to its wave of propagation. We can become more conscious at one time and then less conscious at another, depending on what happens, depending on what ideas were propagated, depending on what may have happened to us in relationship to other species, depending on what natural events may have occurred on the planet that we're ha we happen to be living on. 
all of these factors play into things. You know, we don't want to look at it holistically like that. We want to say real simple. Oh no, it's just a mechanized force or God did it all. See how childish and unidimensional that is. I personally think it is, but you know, a lot of people are just rigidly attached to their belief systems. And that's all I'm here to do. I'm trying to put something out there to get people to see something in a little bit different of a perspective. And maybe that perspective might make a whole lot more sense than anything that they've been clinging to and believing in all these years. Maybe it just might. So, uh, let me give the first trivia question and then people could, uh, you know, start, um, actually, we'll, we'll do that right on the other side of this break since there's the intro music. Right at the top of this segment, let me give the uh, first trivia question for the night. And the correct, the first caller that calls in that wants to attend the St. Louis seminar and can actually attend the seminar that gives the correct answer to this question will win a free ticket to uh, my May 31st seminar in St. Louis, Missouri. The question is, name the titles of the first three degrees of Freemasonry. I want the titles of the Blue Lodge degrees of masonry. That's the first trivia question. Fairly simple. We'll start them easy and get a little bit harder as things go on. Not too much, but uh, that's the first question for the night. Um, If you want to try to win tickets, call in number to join us, 800-313-9443. Let's go right to the phones. Uh, in this segment, let's hear from Dylan in Washington. Dylan, you're live on what on earth is happening. And the first question I want to ask you is, uh, are you going to attempt to answer the trivia question and win a ticket to the St. Louis seminar? I will not. I am too far away. Not a problem. What do you have for us here tonight? Well, um, I got two things and your evolution involution slide here popped something into my head. Uh, I majored in chemistry in college. Yes. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a chemist because I believe I got taught a bunch of crap. But you mentioned that modern science seems to have have uh, both this uh, entropic and syntropic yes. concepts, and it seems yes. to, it seems to fall out of the way when we get into, into this Darwinian evolution thing. And I just remembered my science classes. There was this 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 huge push, and I didn't take a lot of physics because this is more in physics than it is in chemistry. Right that there's only entropy. Yes. Everything is getting more and more disordered, and there's nothing we can do about it, and the fact that we're all alive is totally incomprehensible. Yeah, and nothing could be further from the truth because there, there certainly is an ordering force within creation. It's called consciousness. It's called will. It's called true care, you know? It, 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 
Yeah. It involves everything that we are capable of if we put those gifts to use. If we put those gifts of creation to use, we can become a centropic force within creation through our consciousness. Definitely. And, and I, I, ju- I just wanted to point out that this, this Darwinian, like, mechanistic degradation to rubble right. really seems to persist in the other sciences as well. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, I agree, and that's a really great point. Um, you know, they're only teaching one side of this and saying that's all that exists, you know, and this other force isn't even out there. That's why it took so long for scientists to even name this force, to postulate and name it, the ordering force. And it's been called centropy or extropy. Some other scientists refer to it as extropy. I like centro- the, the force of centropy, the centropic force personally, but I just call mm-hmm. it the ordering force. That's all. It's the yeah. force that has intelligence as its underlying ordering principle. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, re- really great point. Did you want to uh, say anything else? Yes. Um, sure. The second thing I, I wanted to bring up was, uh, so, well, you haven't gotten too far into epigenetics yet. Right. But um, maybe if you don't want to answer this quite yet and do it a little bit later. No, it's okay. Go right but, ahead. Like, personal looking at yourself and dealing with yourself epigenetics what are like specific techniques for getting over like your own body prison because i mean these beliefs put your your yourself in the prison of your own body sure because they'll they'll curtail certain behaviors they'll they'll curtail actions that you could be taking you know if you have hold a certain belief that's going to ultimately affect your behavior and, uh, you know, that, that could have to do with diet, that could have to do with exercise, that could have to do with activism, it could have to do with a whole range of things going on in your life, you know, uh, and it could hold you back from doing so much. Um, techniques, um, well, of course, employing all of the three modes of thought, both um, concentration, con- uh, meditation, and contemplation simultaneously i mean not at the same time but using them all in your life to create balance to create um holistic balance in the brain hemispheres you know uh, engaging in scientific thought reading about science you know studying uh you know all kinds of different scientific disciplines um uh, also then getting into studying natural law you know studying about morality you know, really understanding that difference, looking into consciousness, looking into emotional qualities. You name the field of endeavor, but it has to be balanced. That has to be a balanced approach. So my, my real answer to that question is anything that is conducive to balance. You, you want to become a generalist, you, you want to, uh, but you also want to be able to develop laser-like focus too, okay? You want to engage the right brain hemispheres, hemispherical modalities of compassion, intuition, creativity, art can help do that. Music can help do that. But you also want to, you know, be uh, versed in mathematics and be be versed in uh, other physical sciences, you know, to, to ground yourself. And that's left brain thought. So anything that promotes holistic thought processes is one of the things that can really help us to get over anything happening in the bodily sense or in the the gene code sense um i would also say there's specific other specific techniques like 
uh, EFT, uh, um, mm-hmm. acupuncture and acupressure. I mean, uh, there's uh, things dealing with actual energy work in the body too right. that you can do. Um, I don't specifically specialize in those, but uh, I know a bit about them. And uh, one of the things I am going to do when it comes to this is just explain to people how the mechanism of epigenetics works and put people onto uh, a specific uh, researcher that I think uh, his name is Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he, I think through studying his work, specifically wisdom of your cells and uh, biology of belief, people can really understand how uh, we are not slaves to our genetic code. And the reason I'm bringing this up at the beginning of what I'm going to be getting into is because the material I will be getting into is so heavy and dense, okay, that I don't want to tell that information to people without preparing a framework to say, we're not bound by this. This is something we can ultimately get past and progress past, even though it's this bad. I'm not here to fear monger people. I'm not here to paint a picture that it's completely hopeless. Okay. I'm not also trying to, you know, blow smoke up somebody's rear end and tell them it's all just going to magically work itself out either. I'm trying to present Mm -hmm. a balanced perspective to understand, yes, has something been, been done to us probably at a genetic level that is going to be very difficult to overcome? Yes. But can it ultimately be overcome if we employ our knowledge and willpower and our care to it absolutely yes it can be overcome uh nothing is beyond our reach when we step into the the truth and we employ our consciousness to better ourselves we can progress even beyond that which has already been done to humanity and quite a bit of negativity has been done to us as many people are are aware when i get into some of this heavy dark material regarding non-human intelligence uh some people are not going to want to accept it some people are going to say that's too horrific to even contemplate how bad the situation really then must be. But uh, I'm not telling people that to, uh, you know, completely shut them down. And that's, you know, what some people will try to accuse people who do that of. Oh, they're they're somehow agents. They're trying to tell, tell us this is all beyond hope and it's other beings that just did this to us. So what chance do we have? No, I'm trying to, from the very beginning, tell you, even if it is that bad, even if that is the situation, it is still overcomable. We still can transcend it because there is a mechanism within us that goes way beyond physicality that goes beyond just physical genes and that is the force of consciousness word (laughs) so uh do you have anything else or is that it um i can keep going if unless you got more colors on the other side all right i'll I'll let you stay uh, and ask one more thing on the other side of this break and then we'll get to some other calls We were talking to Dylan just before the break. Dylan, I'll let you wrap up with your last question or point, and then I'll go to some other calls. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to go on to meditation. The first time I heard you was over at Peace Revolution Podcast when you did the uh, New Age BS yes. podcast. 
And you made the mention that uh, yoga and meditation in, in particular are used, uh, when used correctly, to get both brain hemispheres back into balance. That's right. Now, I, I've been exposed to many methods of uh, meditation throughout my life, and that was the first time I had heard that. And when you said it, it was pretty clear, like, oh, duh, that's, that's why we're supposed to be doing this. And I wanted to know, when I say specific techniques, do you, do you use any specific meditation techniques specifically for balancing brain hemispheres? I do small amounts of uh, what you might call general transcendental meditation for five to ten minutes, if that, daily, and that's it. I don't use it for extended periods of time because I feel that that will... Uh, take you over into right brain imbalance. Uh, I've told many times on the show about uh, a tale that uh, a re researcher uh, um, and uh, a spiritual teacher, Dick Sutphin, uh, told about his friend who was excessively meditating and it literally became impossible for him to focus and do his job, you know, and, uh, he, he was, his relationships were suffering. He went to his doctor and his doctor did a brain scan to try to figure out if it was anything actual physically wrong with the brain. And while there was no, you know, signs of tumor or cancer or anything like that, um, he said, he said that the brain looked like he had been abusing drugs and he asked him like, what drugs are you taking? And he said, I'm not taking any <laughs> drugs. And he Myself. said, well, your brain is showing that you're doing something similar to like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, taking, uh, you know, excessive amounts of cannabis on a daily basis or using, you know, opiates on a daily basis or something like that, you know, uh, really abusively. And he, uh, he said, well, I do meditate about eight hours a day or, you know, or some yeah. ridiculous number, like, you know, like whenever he's not at work, he's meditating with all of his spare time. And it was just like, you know, well, that's it. You know, that's what, what was leading him into that kind of brain imbalance. So it is there for if you are a predominantly left brain individual, you want to use it to hold that state of centeredness. That's what it literally means to take it to take or to bring or to carry to the middle. That's what the word meditation actually means. So it's for people who are predominantly in that left brain modality chronically to balance that and bring it to centeredness. And if it's used properly, and there's there's no pr proper specific form of meditation. I mean, there's there's walking meditations. You can meditate, you know, uh, while riding a bus or a taxi cab, or it, it doesn't make a difference where you're at. You could meditate while walking. Okay. Um, there are different forms of meditation. You can get on a, a exercise bike and meditate. You know, it do, it's not all the same exact practice or technique. So, um, there's many different forms of it. I personally like just, uh, uh, simple, calm, uh, you know, sitting in one place quietly and doing a form of transcendental meditation. Um, but it's, uh, there's many different styles of it and you could choose one that is appropriate for, for yourself and what you feel most comfortable with and then just practice it. That's all. You have a recommended source of where to look up more information about it? Off the top of my head, I mean, um, I would say uh, look into Sutphin's work. I, I like all of his, his work in general. I think he puts a, a pretty balanced approach forward when it comes to that. But um, let me uh, let me think about that. And uh, uh, if you want to email me uh, on my uh, contacts page, I'll try to uh, find some source material. I probably have some books that I can put you onto too. Okay, and can you spell that name for me real quick? Uh, S-U-T-P-H-E-N, Sutphin. 
Great. Thanks so much for the call. All right. Yep, let's, thanks, Mark. Yes, let's hear from, uh, let me read the uh, trivia question again. The first question for a free ticket to uh, the St. Louis seminar on May 31st is name the titles of the first three degrees of Freemasonry. The titles of the first three degrees. So the Blue Lodge degrees, I want the titles of those degrees. Uh, let's hear from Phil in Oregon. Phil, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Phil is gone. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry about that. Phil looks like uh, he dropped uh, from the caller list. Let's go to Connor. Connor is calling from Japan. Connor, welcome to What on Earth is Happening. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, I'm assuming you're not going to try to answer the trivia question since you're in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I wish I, you know, I wish I knew the answer, and I wish I could go. No but, worries. No. What do you have for okay. us? Okay, so um, I got a few things here. Um, I'll eventually get to your topic, uh, your current topic, um, but um, I want to talk about the season of sacrifice just for a moment. Sure. Um, Which we are still in. Yes, yes. Yes. And there's a couple things that uh, happened uh, recently. There's one in Japan and one in South Korea. Okay. Uh, um, Let's see. Okay, April 15th, um, I have a headline here. It says, uh, government, this is the Japanese government, government completes call of 112,000 chickens after bird flu outbreak. Hmm. So they, so I don't know if it's related, but they, they slaughtered 112,000 chickens on April 15th. Mass animal uh, uh, put down there, yeah. Yeah. And then, there's, uh, and there's April 16th in South Korea, maybe you've heard about this one, uh, South Korean ship sinks hundreds feared dead in ferry boat disaster. And these are um, over around 200 high school students that are feared dead. Yeah, you know, I did hear about this one, and I thought about it for a while, whether that might be, uh, you know, an event of this nature or just a mechanical uh, failure of some type. That's a tough one to call, but uh, that, uh, you know, I did hear a little bit about that. I don't know too much about the the surrounding circumstances, but uh, it's something to ponder for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think then, tomorrow uh, is a date we really should watch. They seem to love April 20th. You know, it's right in the middle of the, this season of time we talked about. It's Hitler's birthday. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's the anniversary of many of these other uh, events that they've done, these uh, sacrifice rituals. So, And it's also Easter Sunday this year, which would mm-hmm. kind of make it all the more special, you know, symbolic of the rising of the Christ energy. So, um Tomorrow is definitely a day people should be vigilant. Okay. All right. Um, and then also, um, I really like your bumper music. Um, I think we're kind of kindred spirits on uh, in that aspect. Uh, you, cool. you play Dio and Ozzy yes. and Floyd. Um, I want to throw out a few recommendations to listeners. Sure. Uh, there, there's some, some obscure music people might not have heard, but from... Uh, uh, maybe artists that they've actually heard of, but they haven't heard these songs. For example, um, there's the band Montrose, uh, when uh, Sammy Hagar was the lead singer, and he has a song called Paper Money, and it's about the Federal Reserve System. And I, I guess that's from the 70s, I think. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's called, uh, the, the, the song is Paper Money. I think the album might be called Paper Money, too. But the, the song is called Paper Money by Montrose, the singer is Sammy Hagar. Um, let's see, also Foreigner. Foreigner has a good song called At War With The World. 
is basically about um, uh, libertarianism. And that's from, I think, the late 70s, possibly. Nice. Good band there. There, You know, there's so many of... of, of this message there's so much of this message incorporated into music mm. incorporated into art uh it's how a lot of people choose to put it out there to others because mm. they uh are in that receptive modality when they're listening to music certainly and you know of course the yeah. opposite works as well you know a lot of dark occultists are interjecting uh you know their message and and their mm. worldview into music as well so it works both ways but uh, great suggestions do you have anything else well, yeah, just a, a couple uh, more. Sure. There's, uh, an ob- there's an obscure band called The Ashbury. I think it's A-S-H-B-U-R-Y, The Ashbury. Okay. They're, you can find them on YouTube. I think their whole album is actually on YouTube. Um, the name of the album is Endless Skies, and they have some really good tunes. It's kind of like American uh, bluesish rock, kind of really chunky, you know, hard rock. Um oh. And they have a couple tunes. There's one called Vengeance, and the other is Hard Fight. Okay. And it and it has it has a little bit of a little bit of um, uh, a spiritual bent on it. Um, um, I guess you would say about as much as like Lord of the Rings might have uh, kind of like a spiritual bent on it. You know, kind of like fighting evil type thing. Um, it's not overtly Christian or anything like that, but it definitely, it, it, you know, it has a message behind it that is you know, spiritual in nature. Awesome. I'm, um, I'm definitely going to check these out, Connor. Thanks so much for your call. We're coming up to another break, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. Public Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Um, we're going to continue taking some calls, and then I'll uh, wrap up with the last uh, couple of slides probably in the next hour. But um, I want to read the trivia question for uh, the prize uh, for the correct answer is a free ticket to the St. Louis, Missouri all-day seminar that I'll be conducting called Streetwise Spirituality on Saturday, May 31st of this year. Um, you know, if we don't give all the tickets away tonight, uh, we could probably pick this up next week and continue with the uh, the trivia questions. So uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's hear from Raphael in Indiana. Raphael, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Raphael, are you there? I guess Mark? Oh, there he is. Sorry about that. I had to mute. Not a problem. Are you going to attempt to answer the trivia question for the uh, ticket for the St. Louis seminar? Uh, no, unfortunately, okay. I'm not, Mark. Not a problem. What do you have for us tonight? Um, always a pleasure to speak to you, Mark. Um, sure. Just wanted to mention, uh, just kind of like what you touched upon earlier today, 
<clears throat> how you broke down the word intelligence um, and in, in past podcasts, words such as soldier, soldier, right. government, culture, um, just words that uh, <clears throat> have different meanings. But, you know, in talking to people, they, they'll just they lock down because they'll tell you, oh, that's just English. It only works in English. And they have that mentality that, uh, oh, it, it doesn't work. It's, uh, it's only worked in the English language. Right. There's many will... different puns that work out in many different languages uh, that, are, that uh, also apply to different languages throughout the earth. French is another huge one that a green language works in. There's many different green language puns in the French language. But I, uh, to my knowledge, English is the one that has the, the, the language that has the most of these, these occult synchronicities that are embedded and encoded within English. And it's just made just like as Jordan Maxwell expounds on uh, the federal system and the banking system as far as like the banks and the bench, the birth certificate. And like when you go to the judge, they don't, the judge doesn't, you can't talk to the judge because he, he considers you dead, you're a corpse. Right. And it's just, it's, it's amazing, you know, but people shut down because they're either in the left brain or right brain, you know, yep. modalities you always talked about. And, well, that's and, what know, these that, occultists call people. They refer to people as the dead. That's their name for the general population that is unconscious. They actually, that's what all the dark occultists that I ever worked with when I was involved in the Church of Satan and uh, other affiliate satanic organizations, they never just called them the masses or, you know, the herd the, their name for people was the, the dead. That's what they called the average human being, the dead. It wasn't the the non-initiate or the uninitiated or the profane or the unwashed. No, they called them the dead when I was in the dark occult. And it's just amazing. I mean, just through your podcast, are so full of information that everything you give us but so many people wouldn't even give through half of them because once you touch on one of theirs, as you talked about, their barriers of self-realization, they would stop because it's like, oh, he's touching my real religion. He's touching right. my, what I belong to. And it's, right. uh, you know, it, just everything you talk about is just, it, it's amazing because just, it, it just expounds on everything that you've talked about that, that stops people from moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's all this... Uh identification process. This is me and that's not me. And as soon as somebody, you know, touches one of those identities and says, Hey, are you sure that's you? Is this something you're so certain about that it always must be that way? Or is this something that you've taken on as a a piece of programming that you don't even really know where it came from. You don't know its origin. You don't know why you really think that way. That was taught to you. That's a learned thing that was taught to you, you know, and you just accepted it and made it part of your identity. And many people can't, you know, just see through that, that simple, you know, uh, identification process. They can't see through it. And if anything tries to put a chink in that armor, they're right there saying, uh, oh no, I can't have any of this. You know, and their programming kicks into high gear at that point. That's a great point. And just, you know, like I, I've heard in a prior podcast and it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's a sick joke. It's, you know, when the guy asks what's worse, uh, ignorance or apathy and he goes, I don't know. And I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's where a lot of the people in, in this world are at. And uh, it's up to the people who are conscious and are responsible and are knowledgeable to really help to assist to change those people by putting the truth out there at all times and places. So really great points, Raphael. And I thank you for your call. Uh, let's hear from, 
Swami in Illinois, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Namaste, Mark. Good to hear from you again. Swami Shivananda Giri, welcome to the show. Great to hear from you. Hey, I, that's, that's the reason I tuned in tonight, to get this ticket. I'm only like a couple hours from St. Louis. So All I'm right. Be there. Well, you go, you right go for it. Tell us the titles of the first three degrees of Freemasonry. First is the Entered Apprentice. Correct. Then the Fellow Craft. Correct. Then the Master Mason. You got it. Swami Shivananda Giri, ladies and gentlemen, speaker from the Free Your Mind 2 conference, is the first winner of a free ticket to the Streetwise Spirituality Seminar in St. Louis, Missouri. Congratulations, Swami. And what else do you have for us this evening? Well, um, in regard to your caller who was asking about meditation, uh, I have to know a thing or two about that. Sure. And right uh, if he would uh, be interested in guidance from a world-recognized, certified master of meditation, I would be most happy to assist. Uh, you can check out my website at meditativeliving.info. My email address is on there. Uh, What we do is uh, we teach you to focus your attention into the frontal lobe area, focusing on what's commonly referred to as the third eye, uh, right between the eyebrows. And you hold your attention there as best you can, and you utilize a mantra, which the mantra, you know, the word mantra means to transcend mind. So, so we can do battle with the uh, intermittent and sporadic thought patterns by utilizing a mantra, and this helps you to then focus and slow the mind down so it doesn't throw off these random haphazard thoughts as quick. And over time, with the proper amount... <laughs> Of practice. I never heard of anybody, I mean, doing eight hours, you're going to be so dreamy, you're not going to be able to function. Exactly. But but, uh, uh, we start people out at about 15 minutes in the morning, and you you just work at, well, the way it works is if you were to take a jar of water and place a handful of dirt in there and then stir it up, you try to read the newspaper through it, it's not going to work because the dirt is interfering with seeing through the water. And that's what most people's minds are like all the time, almost. Yeah, Yeah. that's what those thought patterns do because this is just the way we are. And if you sit and focus, these thoughts will settle down. Their speed will slow, and then you'll begin to recognize the gap between the thoughts. And as you begin to recognize this, you can then begin to peer through it. And eventually you can, you can move into transcendental states while being fully functional. You're still aware of, of your surroundings. You know, this is not a thing where uh, in, in the system I teach, which is purely yogic, um, this has been going on for millennia. And it's not about ignoring the physical world. It is about yoga, which means union, unifying the spiritual with 
the physical so that neither blocks the other out. Right. So you have both at all times, 24-7. And you're not taking on a left-brain imbalance worldview of matter being uh, superior to spirit, nor a right-brain imbalance worldview of spirit being superior to matter. Instead, there is a holistic and balanced and integrated view of both of those uh, dynamics. Right. And, and when, you're, when you're holding attention towards the third eye area, you're holding it into the frontal lobe. So, so you're holding it right in the center, and you are meditating. Swami, hold on right there. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. We don't need no education. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We're into hour number three for tonight's show now. And uh, in the last hour, uh, just before the break, we were talking to Swami Shivananda Giri. He called in and he won the first free ticket in the uh, uh, giveaway contest here on What on Earth is Happening tonight to attend... Uh, the Streetwise Spirituality Seminar that I'll be conducting in St. Louis, Missouri on Saturday, May 31st. Uh, Swami, if you're still with us before I uh, let you go to take other callers, uh, why don't you let uh, listeners know about your website and uh, also your uh, radio network? You've got a little network on uh, Blog Talk Radio called the Type 1 Radio Ashram. That's Type, T-Y-P-E, the Digit One Radio Ashram, A-S-H-R-A-M. And we have a lineup of shows. I do a show called Meditative Living, which is the name of my website, meditativeliving.info. And if anyone would like to interact with me regarding meditation, spirituality, no money changes hands. I spend time with people all week, every week, just assisting them to integrate this practice into their lives and reach their own full potential. There you go. I mean, there's just straightforward, simple information offered freely by someone who is attempting to offer that information in the service of humanity. Swami, thanks so much for what you do, and everybody definitely check out Type 1 Radio Ashram as well as Swami's website, uh, meditativeliving.info. Uh, so hopefully the former caller will have heard that, and if he did not, if he gets in touch with me, Swami, I will certainly, most certainly put him in touch with you, and I'll be in touch with you, you uh, uh, tomorrow during the day regarding the ticket. I'll okay. put you in touch with Ray, okay? No problem. Thank you. Is Barb going to be there? Oh, of course. Oh, I'll bring Norma. This will be great. They're like sisters. Sounds great. I <laughs> really look forward to seeing you there. All righty. Swami, thanks so much for calling in. Great information. Glad to hear you on RBN. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's uh, go to another call. Let's uh, let's hear from Mark in Ohio. Mark, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Mark dropped. Okay, in. Mark dropped off. So let's go to McCray in Denver. McCray in Denver, Denver, Colorado, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hey, Mark. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate sure. It. Are hey, you going yeah, to attempt to work. answer the next trivia question, which I'll have to read first? 
Were you going to try to oh, okay. win a well, ticket? Well, yeah, it's a good thing I would have got the last one wrong. I was going to see him this year, Princess Master. But <laughs> do you want to do you want to give a shot for a free ticket? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's give okay. it a shot. Well, well, okay, I want to ask you: you will be able to attend if you win the ticket, right? It's St. Louis. I'm in Denver. What's the date again on it? May 31st, Saturday, May 31st. I want to make sure because if you give the right answer and you you know you win the ticket, I want to make sure these tickets aren't going to go to waste. So. People. Well, you know what? You know, I'll just go. I'll go on to the question, and uh, I'll leave for somebody who can't attend. Okay, not 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 a problem. Not a problem. So, what yeah. else do you have for us this evening? All right. Well, yeah. Just thank you for all your work. You know, uh, everything you've taught me about natural law. You know, I, I try to uh, express that to people all the time. And I'm um, really, my question is, uh, you know, I've been following you for about a year. I've been in the kind of on the path for about three years uh, on this line of thought, and uh, I just see, like, yeah, with your recent. Um, your recent phase going into uh, this, like, non-human, uh, like, interaction, non-human intelligence, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and how that applies to our history. And, it, you, you've, you know, you're kind of saying it's like a speculation, you know. So I was just wondering if we could also throw out maybe, like, a pre-human, you know, uh, manipulation, like a, uh, you know, there's a lot of evidence pointing to, you know, pre-hominoid, you know, so maybe there was a pre-civilization before that that's, part of this problem you know that was that, an intelligent to... race of beings that was living exactly. here before we came onto the planet yeah. and uh, it's uh, quite possible i wouldn't completely rule that out and uh, you know that they so may have possibly it? died off the the uh, thing I'm, that i yeah. will eventually get into is that there is a lot of speculation in ancient records not even speculation but just written accounts in ancient records that these beings uh you know uh left earth left the planet literally like actually went off planet and were from elsewhere and talked about the other worlds that they were from. So there's a lot of uh, written information regarding that they were actually from somewhere other than this planet. But I wouldn't rule that right, out either. What you I'm, just I'm laid out there, I would that. not rule out. I'm yes. all about that. Yeah. It's just like, let's just throw it out there that maybe it was just a, a, a pre-civilization that ended sure. up becoming like a super civilization. Sure. And uh, they were physically bigger than us, so we have this, like, big daddy complex that's actually, like, a real thing that, you know, and then they can't physically exist here anymore because of atmospheric conditions. So, you know, because of I, I, would, I would not rule a hypothesis out such as that. And also, you know, when you, uh, when you um, look at some of these ancient accounts, um, you know, who is to say that there wasn't uh, another... Uh, human-like civilization, like the, the, the hypothesis I proposed as part of what could have created psychopathy, one of them was, did we do it to ourselves? So what if it was something similar to that in such that it was just a civilization that predated our actual species and they may have done this as we were coming up in our evolutionary progress and our evolutionary development and they did this for reasons of their own that we don't understand it's it's right. quite possible you know and it's something that we should look into and explore and uh right. you know i want to rule out the other as well i just want to throw that out there just to yeah sure because i'm total fan of your work man i just see like going this direction so we should like encompass all the ideas you know? absolutely 
and that's that's what this is all about. This is about keeping an open mind to all of these possibilities and then doing the work and the research to put these fragmentary pieces of the puzzle together to find out what actually did occur here in the ancient past. Some people think that's not knowable. Uh, I would suggest right. that if events actually have occurred and manifested a reality, they are ultimately knowable. The farther we get away from them and the more uh, destroyed actual information regarding those events, you know, may be, it may be more difficult to come to that understanding. But I think if all of us do our due diligence and we put the pieces of the puzzle that we do have come to understand onto the table for all to see, I think we're going to see a clear picture emerge at some point, And that's going to radically change uh, our overall worldview. And it's going to have the potential transformative power to change humanity as a whole. You're right. It's probably a combination of all these things. You're right. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. Absolutely, thanks so much for the it. call. Re- re- really great, uh, you know, speculation there, and it's something that should definitely be considered and looked into. So uh, let's hear from Bill in Seattle. Bill, you are live on what on earth is happening? Welcome. Hey, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, Would you like you. to try to win free tickets to the St. Louis seminar? Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to attend the event. I, not, I actually looked at tickets. Sure, not uh, a problem. Not a problem. Down. So what do you have for us tonight? Well, I just want to share my gratitude with you, first off, for uh, taking the time to uh, share your knowledge with all of us. It's actually um, really actually calmed me down. It's it's connected a lot of dots, and I've enjoyed listening to all your podcasts. And, and um, you know, the last couple podcasts you talked about the abandonment right and i think that it really really struck a chord especially now as people are starting to wake up and hear the truth for the first time and and just ringing you know it and we know it rings true with our whole being it's just like yes here it is and then we go to our our friends and family and want to share it with them and a lot of times they abandon us yeah, and it's you know that's that's you know when and and I'm experiencing now you know and just trying to point out you know the the poisons that they're consuming and and you know just trying to walk the walk myself just like Gandhi says be the be the path that you want to you want to see in the world and um, you know I have a different perspective because you know I watched the pharmaceutical industry almost kill my wife right you know she was on twenty twenty pharmaceuticals she was gray Mark. I was looking at her, and I'm like, you're dying. You're dying. And I live up here in Washington, and we have cannabis. Right. And I uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to try it. Let's let's try this cannabis. She's going to die happy. That's what I thought. Bill, stay right there. I'll let you pick this up on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. You know the day destroys the night, night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide, break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, break on through to the other side, yeah. That's what we have to do. We have to break on through to the heart of our fellow man and our fellow women so that we can break through that calcified rigid belief system that they've built up that is holding them back from the truth 
And that's going to take work. That's why it's called the great work. It's not a vacation. It's not called the great vacation. It's not called the great playtime. It's called the great work for a reason. It's going to take a lot of concentrated effort to get that done. We were talking with uh, Bill from Seattle. Bill, are you still there? I'm still here, Mark. Yes. Okay, you go ahead and continue. Okay, so uh, before the break, and, and by the way, I love Jim Morrison. Um, <laughs> before the break, we were talking about uh, my wife and uh, uh, her predicament. And uh, just so everybody knows, she was uh, diagnosed with juvenile onset rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a hard time really diagnosing it just because it, had, it just acted atypical and, and the tests that they, that they did. And you know what? I found out that they really don't know a lot about, about uh, autoimmune disorders. You know, and they, and they were like, it could be this, it could be that. And, and, um, and so I'm like, you know, that, that was my first question. And then I started doing the research on my own. And then I, I'd had questions for them. And then I saw them getting flustered you know, the doctors, and, and I'm like, look, this is somebody that I've traded my life to be with. This is, this is my everything. And you know what? You're not taking, you know, the time to answer these, these simple questions about the interactions and yada, yada, yada. Long story short, I uh, decided to get her on cannabis. Right. And what I was saying before the break is, you know what? I, 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 I thought, because I know history and know prohibition and and uh, knew that the alcohol went through a, a medical phase before they phased it, or they ended uh, the prohibition era. And so I thought that's what it was going to do. It was going to be, you know, a prohibition. So we just went and got her medical uh, from a doctor and got some buds, right. and we started smoking it. And she started coughing, and it put her into a spasm, and she started flaring. And I was like, what the hell are we doing? You know, and so then I started looking deeper into it. And that's when I found Rick Simpson oil. Oh, yeah. Okay? People need to look at this. Okay? Rick Simpson oil. And, and there's a movie out there called Run from the Cure. Amazing documentary. Other, yeah. Hi, I highly recommend it. People should definitely check it out and understand the depth to which the suppression of uh, the cure for cancer is going because they want to keep that business going. That's all cancer has become as an industry to these people. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend you, you uh, check out what Bill's telling you. L- look up Run From The Cure and watch uh, this documentary about uh, Rick Simpson and the curative uh, power of cannabis oil because it's certainly absolutely real. Well, and knowledge is power, Mark. That's right. And there's another, another one out there. It's called What If Cannabis Cured Cancer? And that's mm-hmm. free as well on YouTube. Yep. Check it out, and, and and repetition is the mother of all learning, okay? So watch it over and over and over again. Get these facts locked down. And so when people try to, you know, discount it, we have it. We know that we have an endocannabinoid system in our body. Yep. You know, why does it have such a dramatic effect on our appetite, our core temperature, you know, sleep, mood? Because it's a very it's symbiotic plant with our evolutionary development without any question in my mind. Right. And, and, and you know what? When I saw this, when I saw the effect, oh, man, I, and what, what, what got me was I couldn't remember last time I heard my wife laugh, you know, and that's because of all these, these pills that she was on. And, and, the, and the thing is, is that it made her forget about her pain. 
And the other thing is that it made her laugh and made her optimistic, and we re- our body regenerates itself. Right. Okay? And if you're regenerating yourself from a place that you, you're so curled up in pain and, you know, just so moody all day, it will, well, understandably so, because you're, you, you can't, you know, get through every day because the pain is so great, you know, when you can forget about that for a second and laugh... Right. And allow your body to rebuild itself from now an optimistic place. And that's what the process that's what the process we've been talking about all night is. It's the unfolding. It is the opening up instead of being, you know, tightened and, you know, curled up on top of yourself. You know, it's like that flowering expression. You know, that's what we need when it comes to everything, when it comes to the understanding of truth, the opening our mind to the truth, when it comes to opening our mind to alternative uh, types of, uh, of um, you know, uh, um, medical um, knowledge and, and uh, you know, uh, practices and techniques and approaches. And, uh, you know, another documentary I want to recommend to add to the ones you already suggested is uh, American Drug War II, Cannabis Destiny. Absolutely. And it's a very disturbing hey. documentary. You know, if somebody watches that and doesn't feel so sick, saddened, and enraged after watching that documentary, I would tell you that you're borderline or possibly full-blown psychopathic and there's really something missing in your psychological and emotional makeup because, uh, you know, cops confiscate medical marijuana supplies and Rick Simpson oil from a eight-year-old child that is taking them to keep his cancer in check and that child dies as a result. They murder a a child. The media... Look at mainstream media. I mean, not mainstream media. Media, uh, mainstream medicine. Uh, what was his name? Drew or Doctor Drew or whatever is on there, and he's and he's discounting it one hundred percent because you know, you know they they've got those bills to pay or, or you know, but whatever. And and let them. You know, I want to go after the truth. You sure. know, I got my wife here. I and and that's you know I could care less about them. And and I see the fallacy of, of what they're doing because. I know what the truth is, and I'm right. and it calms me and down. And imagine that there's a group of people that would try to say you may not ingest a substance into your body that may actually not only that you have the right to ingest whatever you want into your own body, regardless of what its uh, power or capability is. But imagine somebody telling you, for you or your loved ones, you're going to have to sit and watch them die when there may be something that can actually help improve or possibly even cure that condition. I mean, and people think this isn't actively going on every day and, and hundreds of thousands of people are dying needlessly as a result. Millions of people dying needlessly as a result. So, uh, Bill, this is something that uh, I definitely intend to talk more about uh, on, on future shows. Uh, really great information. Thanks so much for bringing this to the, the listeners' attention. Uh, and it's something that people yes, really sir. need to look into more and more. So I want to thank you for the call. Uh, I want to read the next trivia question briefly so we could um, see if we can get some more callers in to uh, win some of these tickets for... Uh, uh, that that Joe from Kansas City so kindly donated for the uh, Seattle seminar. Um, let's um, let's give the next question out. Here we go. Uh, the next question uh, that if you call in and you answer correctly, you can win uh, a free ticket to the St. Louis seminar I'm conducting in um, on May 31st, Saturday, May 31st. Please only attempt to answer it if you're going to attend. Uh, if you plan on attending the 
uh, the seminar. Here's the question. Name the four major Sabbaths or holidays of the occult calendar. The four major Sabbaths of the occult calendar. I don't want the minor Sabbaths or the lesser Sabbaths. I want the names of the four major Sabbaths of the occult calendar. And, um, you know, they've been called different things in different traditions. So if you at least have one of the names correct, uh, you know, uh, for each of the four seasons, uh, that will suffice. Okay. So the four major Sabbaths of the occult calendar, first person who calls in with the correct answer to that will win a free ticket to my St. Louis seminar called Streetwise Spirituality on May 31st. Let's uh, take another caller. Um, let's go to Patrick in Oregon. Patrick, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. You know what, Patrick, hold on right there. We'll get to you right after this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. Listening to what on earth is happening here on Republic Broadcasting. We were just about to go to Patrick from Oregon before the break. Caught up with us, Patrick. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Do you want to try to take a shot at winning the ticket for the St. Louis seminar? I'm sorry, I can't make it. No problem. What do you have for us tonight? Okay. Just wanted to recommend three scholars um, related to. Uh, what we've been talking about. Sure. Um, you've, you've already mentioned uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton um, about epigenetics. Sure. And I, I just in one sentence, I want to summar- summarize his findings. Um, he basically says that um, perceptions or our consciousness affect our proteins in our body, and then the proteins affect our genes. So our perceptions and our behavior and our basically our consciousness uh, we can use that to uh, heal ourselves. I agree. Is that, is, that, is that basically a summary of Lipton, I believe? He's basically saying that we are not controlled like a computer program is controlled by code through our genes. And this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to get to in the uh, epigenetic slides that I have uh, t- uh, for toward the end of the show. Hopefully I'll be okay. able to get to him before the show ends. He's saying that um, when uh, what genes really are are a biological tendency for expression. Okay, it's like the mm. the uh, and the environment is informing those tendencies. So if we change the environment by changing our consciousness, we can influence or even change the tendency. And then what okay. the gene codes for, uh, it will not be coding for that particular thing and we could switch that particular tendency off and switch on other genes which code for different tendencies so in okay. other words through uh, uh, through consciousness through how we perceive things and whether we're taking certain information in and uh, using it and employing it okay we can actually turn off certain genetic code that ten that codes for a certain tendency of expression and then turn on others so that something different can be manifested or expressed. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that clarification. Sure. Um, and then another scholar that has worked with Bruce Lipton is uh, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake. Oh, absolutely. 
and he has the theory of the extended mind and the morphogenetic field. And they, they go, they're actually very complementary. So when you are studying, when, if the listeners want to look into Lipton, also, uh, look into Sheldrake. Um, they're, they're very complementary, uh, uh, ideas. Um, and, and they're both the basically one, talking about yeah. basic, simple interconnectedness and how whole mm-hmm. systems affect uh, us and we inform whole systems and, and actually connect and uh, inform and influence everyone else around us as well. Uh, there's some yeah. other uh, in, in the movie we just showed as part of our uh, documentary screening night that we host here every month in Philly. Um, uh, there was some researchers, which I may link to or talk about in a future show. I don't have it right in front of me, but, uh, uh, I am Fishhead talks about this level of interconnectedness that we share in social networks and social bonds. Uh, when we uh, form these bonds and networks with people around us, how we affect our, uh, three levels of separation of people, uh, our, 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 we affect our friends and, and family members. We affect those who are friends of them and those who are friends of those friends. So uh, it, it's three levels. Uh, it's like a ripple effect that we affect, d- directly affect through our consciousness and, and our um, you know perception. We affect three levels, three layers of separation of human beings uh, uh, away from ourselves, which is pretty amazing. And it's pretty interesting and cutting edge research. So uh, I'll probably maybe link to that as well. Yeah. For this podcast, and, yes. And, and what I like about Lipton and Sheldrake is that they actually have a hard science. You know, they 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 they're they're scientists, but they do talk about spiritual matters. Right. Um, Lipton comes from you know actually both of them come from a biology background. So this is like studying spirit from the the physical manifestation of our body. Yes. Um, you know, and, I saw the, I saw just as yeah. a brief aside real quick, I saw Rupert Sheldrake speak here near Philadelphia, just outside of Philadelphia at Haverford College. Mm-hmm. And um, he was he was uh, on tour with his book. Um, I think he calls it over in England, the science delusion. But here in the United States, he's selling it under the title of uh, it's a different title. It's something about like science as a religion yeah. or science as a belief system. I can't I, quite I remember. Think, yeah. I think it's called Science Set Free. There it is. Science Set Free. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, he made a lot of really great points about how science isn't going where the truth leads. It's not about research mm. anymore. It's about government grant money. It's about yeah. protecting a paradigm. It's about protecting tenure. There's so much ego in science because it's all left brain. And many of these people still are working on outdated, outmoded Newtonian paradigms that have been turned over for almost a hundred years now. These mm-hmm. notions of how the mechanized, re- so-called mechanized reality works, and these people are still trying. These so-called scientists are still trying to, uh, you know, uh, uh, apply this outmoded uh, a paradigm to the things like the mm-hmm. human body, not only the physical universe yeah. but the body. Yeah, and, and I, I love that title, Science Set Free, because, yep. you know, listen, listening to you, Mark, and, you know, you know watching Lipton and Sheldrake and uh, Michael Pisterion and uh, David, you know, uh, David Icke, um, I really feel set free. You know, and that's like a, a feeling, there's like this, this weight that of like, you know, because there's this dogma that just kind of weighs you down. Right. And, and you, you take it, you know, people take it for granted, but then there's these people that, you know, and you too, uh, Mark, you know, open people's eyes and you can, you see 
it's like it's like an enlightenment. I mean, true knowledge, you know. That's it. The, you I know, mean, that, yeah. that's all this is about. This is about understanding something that is within our capability to understand. It's not super mystical or you know unattainable. Mm-hmm. That's not what enlightenment is. Enlightenment is about knowing what's going on. That's all. Just knowing what's going on around us, knowing what has already occurred. You know, through our studies of the past and uh, through that knowledge, transforming ourselves to to do that very task, set us free, end the human condition of slavery. You know, we're not there mm-hmm. yet. We have a long way to go certainly but um you know i'm glad that you say that this uh is at least motivating you and influencing you to to keep going forward that's what i do this for and you know we have to do that we have to continue to do that with everybody around us like the last call was talking about how hard it is to get through to people i understand that absolutely that doesn't mean you give up that's where that turning mm-hmm. the other cheek notion really does come into play your family and mm-hmm. friends may have immediately reject what you're saying and even ridicule you for it you keep bringing it to them that's what that's what yeah. turning the other cheek is about not forgiving you know uh immoral behavior endlessly it's about saying well you didn't want to uh, hear the truth now i'm going to keep coming back to you with it and i'm going to keep bringing it to you because i understand this is what you need it may not be what you want to hear but it's what you need to hear you know and mm-hmm. if we all do that work we're going to see radical transformation in our world for the positive yeah and um, one last scholar I want to recommend that uh, maybe listeners haven't heard of is Graham Hancock. Absolutely. Um, and especially his, his more latest uh, work. He, he's also written works about alternative views of history and things like that. Yes. But um, his more recent work uh, called Supernatural, um, it's about the what's called the ancient teachers of mankind, and it's based on a theory that perhaps 40,000 years ago um, that humans... Um, had ingested uh, some kind of plant, uh, psychoactive plant, that allowed them to communicate with other other dimensional beings, and that it could be that the so-called UFOs that we see now are actually the same interdimensional beings that we were seeing way back then. I don't rule that out at all, because uh, uh, the, the nature of these beings is something I do not profess to know with any certainty mm. could it be an extra dim- of an extra dimensional nature absolutely it, it's v- yeah. very well one of the possibilities for sure and just a quick side note is that sheldrake and grant uh, hancock were both banned on the tedx talk i heard about that yes yeah yeah which they're, uh, they're even yeah. limiting that, you know, they're, they're trying to protect the paradigm there, the currently entrenched exactly. paradigm. Amazing. Yes. People who profess to say these are about revolutionary ideas and world-changing ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, on the point of meditation, uh, you talked about earlier. Yes. Um, and then uh, Swami was talking about uh, working on the third eye. And people can look up information on the net for detoxing the pineal gland. Um, and there's, there's certain supplements and things that you can take to sure. cleanse and like certain diets you can follow. Um, one simple thing is, is, uh, what's called SCAT, S-C-A-T, which is just sugar, caffeine, alcohol, tobacco. Um, if you really want to practice meditation seriously, uh, take those four things out of your 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 lifestyle. You know, at least for a while, while right. you're trying the meditation. That, that's uh, too much uh, refined sugar, sure. caffeine, alcohol, and tobacco. And I'll, I'll add one too. 
take the fluoride out of your drinking water, get a reverse osmosis system, filter your drinking water because that's the one thing that does it even more than anything else is fluoride. Great points, Patrick. Thanks so much for the call. We'll pick this up on the other side. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Last segment of the show tonight, before we go to some more callers, I want to uh, just briefly break down this concept of epigenetics. In slide number three, you'll see I just put the title here, Genetics versus Epigenetics, and put on the left-hand side a picture of the DNA spiral, uh, you know, the double helix uh, ladder molecule, uh, and then uh, a fully enlightened individual or representation of a fully enlightened individual on the right-hand side. And this is what it really comes down to. Which, what do you th- really believe that we are? Do you really believe that we are just a, a big huge pile of interconnected molecules and cells and that's it and they're just working in a clock clockwork mechanized uh dead purposeless uh you know motion just to animate us so that we propagate more of those animated molecules that's it that's all that's all that's the purpose of everything in the universe that's what evolution is or are we a living holistic dynamic connected form of consciousness and energy that is living with purpose and that purpose is to learn and to grow and to expand and to unfold to reach higher levels of complexity to reach higher levels of diversity to reach higher levels of consciousness and morality and freedom and will you know well given that choice I'll take that that image on the right any day of the week over some random collection of atoms strung together in a double helix. That's uh, what I would say we are about. Okay? So, this thing that we are just our genes and all the purpose of evolution is is to propagate DNA is, again, it's a very Newtonian and Darwinian-based paradigm that actually has really completely been disproven by modern cutting-edge science in the modern world. Again, that information is very slow to reach people because of how advanced some of it is and how much, how deeply entrenched the current, uh, currently entrenched paradigm, you know, is and has hold over the minds of people and also uh, how it works with money when when money comes into the picture. Again, government grants, tenure. Uh, you know, uh, technology, etc. You know, having to keep those systems propped up. So um, on the next slide, slide number four, I just put the etymological root of the word epigenetics, where it comes from. I think people can probably work this out for themselves just seeing the word, but epigenetics is derived from the Greek prefix epi. We're putting that in front of the word genetics, E-P-I, epi. Epi means beyond, further than, or past. Not past in a time sense, but having gone past something, having gone beyond, okay? So that's what it means, beyond, further than, or past something else. 
And then the Latin verb, which is where the word gene comes from, it comes from the, the Latin verb genere. Genere means to make or to create. And again, the genes are our constituent elements, the building blocks of what make us up. They're not what we actually are, or who we are. They are building blocks that make up who we are and code for certain characteristics and traits and, and behaviors. But that is not set in stone. Genes are not something that are, it's just this way. It always works this way and it always will work this way. It's just something, that's something that people think regarding this, again, this outmoded Newtonian worldview about how genes work. All right. Um, epigenetics literally means that which is beyond the genes or that which goes beyond our genes. Well, is there something that goes beyond genes? Is there something that is past genes? Is there something that is further than just these molecular structures called our genes? Yes, there is. It's called consciousness. Consciousness goes beyond genes. Okay. Our ability to perceive, our ability to recognize patterns, our ability to will ourselves to change, to go beyond the current condition that we are experiencing right now. So we are not controlled by genes. I'm moving to slide five now to wrap this up. We're not controlled by genes like a computer program is controlled by code. This is a fallacy propagated by both Newtonian and Darwinian-based scientism for almost more than two centuries, okay? Certainly since Darwinism came uh, in in the mid-1800s without any question. But what genes are, they're only a biological tendency for expression. They're not something that locks in what we are, what we are like, how we behave, this is a complete misunderstanding of genetics. And this is so important. This is such an important, important foundational framework for the material I'm about to build on top of this. Okay, so really try to understand. Genes are only a biological tendency to express something in the physical manifestation. Changing our state of consciousness can influence or even change completely this potential tendency for expression that is encoded into our genes. When we change our consciousness, we can then actually change our code. It can be rewritten. The genetic code can actually literally be rewritten because we're switching off certain genetic uh, tendencies and we could switch on other codes. So, you know, a, a different manifested reality can then be created as a result of a shift in consciousness. Consciousness ultimately lies beyond the genes and it is what is controlling the genes, not the other way around. Genes do not control behavior and consciousness. So we're not this code that we say that we are as our DNA. Our DNA makes up our physical body and it codes for certain things but it can be changed. It is not something that is completely unchanging from the minute we're born to the minute we die. We are the writers of that code. Okay. We're the influencers of that code. I would say we're the co-authors of that code. You know, there are other forces that created that code. The force of creation itself has something to do with it. And I would say, uh, dark forces also have epigenetically and directly genetically manipulated that code in our lifetimes, not in our physical lifetimes, but I mean, in the lifetimes of human, the human species. 
but we are the co-authors of that code. We always have the ability to ultimately influence or completely change the expression that we're from the information that is informing our genes. And I, I can't highly recommend enough the work of Bruce Lipton to understand this. As the former caller said, also Rupert Sheldrake and Graham Hancock are also good resources when it comes to understanding certain aspects of epigenetics, especially Rupert Sheldrake. So I'll wrap up there and uh, let's see if we have time to squeeze in at least one more call. Uh, let's go to Ivan from Phoenix before we wrap up the show. Ivan, you wrapped up the last show, so here you go again. Yes, this is a regular occurrence now. There you go, my friend. Hey, right, you want well, to try to answer the question? Can you make it to uh, St. Louis? Um, I am going to try and make it to St. Louis, but I don't think I have the answer to this one, so I'll let somebody else try that later. No worries. What do you have for us? You take us out, my friend. Oh, okay. Well, then... Uh, synchronistically, as always, every time it's synchronicity with us. Uh, you were on the Mumble show earlier this week, and I brought up Manly P. Hall. Yes. And now I looked at the uh, pictures you had here for this week's show, and something resonated with uh, Manly P. Hall uh, audio that I listened to maybe two nights ago at work. Amazing. So I fast-forwarded through it, and I found it, and it was one of his talks here about Armageddon, War, and in Peace. So I fast-forwarded to a part that kind of resonated with this. And right now, even with the epigenetics that you're talking about, the epigenetics is, I would guess, the um, minor arcana to what um, Manly P. Hall was talking about here in this quote, which is, I guess, the major arcana. And this is what I wrote down. We We are not the victims of history. We are not the victims of the Earth's imperfections. We are the victims of our own mistakes. It is not heaven that brings down a nation. It is the works of humanity, misunderstood works, corrupted works, that will bring down the greatest nation the world could produce. It is all in the last analysis a problem of man's own development of integrity. So that, that for some reason, stood out with what you were talking about earlier tonight. Absolutely um, brilliant. Uh, what a great teacher Manly P. Hall is, and I'm glad things are resonating with you, Ivan, in a synchronistic sense. That's what this is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Remember, there's only two mistakes you can make on the path of truth, not starting and not going all the way. We'll see you here next week.